Kia ora and welcome to Jules from NZ, a podcast from a Kiwi chick, chocker with roleplay gaming chat and world lore of the most fantasy place ever, Aotearoa, New Zealand. Chur. Kia ora, tēnā koutou katoa. Hello and welcome back to all of you to Jules from NZ. How are you all? Well, Keta Tino Pai. I am very good. Thank you. And I really appreciated hearing from you all as I shared why my episode was running so late um, with my new job um, and hearing you just be all so supportive of uh, me exploring a new space and running out of time and life being chaos. So thank you so much for that. In fact, you'll hear some call-ins from some lovely, lovely um, listeners um, who are just messaging to tell me that it's okay. But speaking of busy, oh my goodness, I have been so busy. Um, So I've been playing a lot of games recently. Um, I played, I know other people have talked about it. I actually ran a game um, of Dragon, um, basically where I pit first level adventurers against different levels of dragons to see what first level adventurers could actually take down in 5e and it was a an absolute hoot I'm still editing it Um, I'm sorry that's taking so long but it was a really really fun game and thank you to everybody who joined me for that you'll hear their voices very soon on this podcast as I I get that ready to release Um, uh, you'll hear some nerds episodes very shortly because I have finished editing those so those will probably come out pretty much simultaneously to this episode so it'll be like I released two to make up for the long time of um, not releasing anything Um, so I hope that you enjoy those thank you again to Joey Richter from Hindsightless for joining me on those really enjoy playing one-on-one episodes with Joey he's got a unique kind of banter and fun um, that is very fun to play with um what else have I been doing? Oh my goodness. Okay, so uh, WellyCon is coming up. So WellyCon, the uh, board game convention, which I run a Dungeons & Dragons uh, introduction to Dungeons & Dragons 5e specifically, little section at the convention. Um, I noticed this year they've got a couple of tables of Call of Cthulhu and a couple of tables of some other board game, which I can't recall right now. And they've already sold out and I was stoked to see that. Um, I'm not very good at running those systems, but I support the fact that they're there and that we're teaching people about how to play those as well. Just amazing to see that going on. I plan on being there um, as a host more than um, a DM this time to specifically talk to people about other role play systems that are out there, um, play little games around um 5e D&D. Um, so I'm going to take along like Three Dragon Ante, Rock Paper Wizards, uh, Dungeon Mayhem, and there's something else which I was going to take along and I cannot recall right now. Um, but I'm looking forward to playing some of those wee little games with people who just drop by and want to have a look but don't necessarily have time for the whole three hours um, just so they can get a feel, a taster for something that D&D could be. Because um, I want people to be less scared of it and more um, entertained by it and more excited about coming to play it. So that's my whole aim with this. Um, It's a lot of work that goes into it and I've got some amazing DMs booked including 
Brad, who is also a DM with Fate of Eisen, and Penny, who is from the uh, the Terrible Adventures of the Janderson Breffitts Parchment Company, which is like the longest podcast name in the world, but uh, it is an amazing, amazing podcast. If you haven't checked out that actual play, it's very fun. Uh, she has players who actually like let her talk uh, and um, go along with the story. Um, me, not so much. I tend to, because I'm playing with comedians and improvisers who are used to sketch and are very much used to taking prompts and rolling with it and going in their own direction. It means I'm, I'm quite literally herding cats constantly as I'm playing. So it's taking me a lot of prep work, a lot more than I thought, actually. <laughs> so that's a, that's a, a major factor in the fact that I haven't had as much podcasting time because I've had to put a lot more work into planning for those sessions. Also, because they are live streamed, I've learned a lot about Twitch streaming and OBS um, for Twitch, uh, OBS Streamlabs specifically, and sound recording and how sound gets captured and how you can plug sound in from all these different apps and how, how best to edit. And oh my goodness, let's just say the list of things that I'm learning right now is long and my brain is pretty fried, but I am trying to keep up with it all. <laughs> Um, so that has been a journey, basically being the DM of a podcast as well as a live stream, as well as trying to get to talk to the audience more, um, which was my main goal for, for Fate of Eyes and going forward was more in audience interaction and in the episodes and things, which is what I wanted to achieve with the live streams. But I just haven't got to the point where that is a, a, a model that is like, easily maintained yet uh maybe because of the job and I barely get lunch breaks right now and everything is just constantly feels like chaos at work and I haven't quite got my head around that or my my you know a handle on what that needs to look like so I never get breaks so I never do anything on my breaks which is where I used to do a lot of my work actually I do quite a lot on my lunch break while I was sitting there on my phone so I'm not getting any of that time right now so everything comes after work and I don't know about you but after work I'm pretty tired and I kind of want to hang out with my partner and eat dinner and play some switch um I, I love animal crossing right now so I'm addicted to that and I'm playing that as much as I can but I mean, there'd be a whole week where I don't get to play Animal Crossing just because of how much prep there is for all of my other bits and pieces. So, yeah, let's just say it's getting on top of me, but I'm trying to not let it. Um, there is a lot of other things going on. I, I ran a birthday party for an amazing uh, teenager. Her name is Cadence. Her mum is Genevieve, and they are incredible. Uh, they are just really cool people. Really in love with D&D. Cadence had a few friends that have played D&D before and a couple that hadn't. And I got to run a brand new adventure with them, completely based around being underwater and being mermaids and having a whole lot of fun around that. And um, I, she was really excited that, um, that I wrote a new adventure for her birthday party because they know that I go on and I run those adventures at, at cons and um, various other paid gigs and stuff. And, and, you know, I get to say play tested on Cadence and Genevieve, you know, it's an, it's a cool thing for them who have known me for a while. And this is, uh, this is the second, second booking I've had at their house, but maybe the third or fourth time I've played with them because they met me at 
some of the conventions and stuff. So it was pretty special to go back for Cadence's 12th birthday. And they are talking about getting me back for a Christmas gig because I haven't played with the dad of the family yet. And I was talking to him about how I have a Christmas 20th level um, game. And he was like, oh my God, I've never made it to 20th level. I would love to do that. Sounds like chaos. And I was like, yeah, but it's kind of a long game because it's 20th level, you know, so it takes a while. So I don't know. They might book me for that. We'll see. (laughs) That'll be chaos if they do. But they're such a sweet family. Just really cool. They always supplying me with coffee and cake the whole time I'm there. So, you know, uh, it's it's a pretty good gig, really. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So that's that's a lot of what's going on with me. Obviously, I've been keeping up with my two Ghosts of Saltmarsh games and my one Icewind Dale game that I run also. They are w- catching up to each other. So the two Saltmarsh games are on the same chapter, which is kind of fun and scary for me because now they're starting to blend a little in my brain every now and then and I have to struggle to remember who's the one who's done this and who's the one who's done that because they're getting really close. So Uh, one's a bit of a, uh, they like to delay and take their time about stuff and one's very strategic. They talk about what they're going to do and then they go do it, you know. So uh, different methods of play and it's quite fun seeing that from two different sides of it, the same group. And it's getting to the point too where it starts getting a little bit looser. Um, I don't know if you've heard this about Ghosts of Saltmarsh, but certain modules... Uh, certain chapters in the module fit together more tight than others uh, and some of them take a lot more homebrewing to kind of make work in a a whole story and also I've had some players come in I've had to onboard three new players in the last month and I've got two players leaving soon because these games have gone for so long they're they're both uh, at year anniversaries and I really didn't expect that I thought we'd be done by now but they keep doing side quests and other adventures, so the module never really gets done. Uh, so, but I am trying. <laughs> I really am trying to push them through. I don't know how other DMs get through these games so fast, but I guess I'm the only one offering Ghosts of Saltmarsh, so I can't really like run. I judge that against other DMs who are also running Ghosts of Saltmarsh with how long they take, because nobody else is. I do know how other DMs run Descent into Avernus and um, Witchlight and um, what's the other one that somebody else is offering at the moment? Oh, I can't think now, but um, oh, Icewind Dale. So I know how long they took her in Icewind Dale. Icewind Dale feels like it's moving a lot faster. I don't know if that's just because the module is more clearly written and you have good direction. Even when they're visiting all these different towns, it's all very clear as to what's happening, where they're going. And I don't have to string a story together as much, you know. It's it's more which town do you want to go to? Cool, this is happening in that town. Done. Um, the other one, it's like go back to Saltmarsh. What do you want to do in Saltmarsh? Oh, I have to make this chapter kind of come up naturally. You know, it just, it's harder work. But doesn't mean I don't love it. I still love Ghosts of Saltmarsh for that reason. I just kind of wish I had two games of Icewind Dale and one game of Ghosts of Saltmarsh instead of the other way around. It would feel like a little less work right now, but that's okay. It's all good. And that's not even counting my home game of Icewind Dale with my friends and stuff, who I haven't seen in like a month Uh, Not all my fault. Um, We had some illness and some birthdays and some things that had to be postponed and cancelled and moved. So 
oh, I need to book another date for that to get back together again. I miss those guys. Uh, they did actually turn up to my Wink gig, which was really fun. So I had a band gig on Friday, Just Been, and we bought the house down. It was an incredible gig. We had such a great time. And we played um, Sober by Tool for the first time live ever and crushed it. That we had, So we... We play at a bar called Kevin Club. Not sure if I've mentioned that before, but it's owned by the lead guitarist. So he books us there. It's almost like live band practice, which is very lucky. So we get to kind of play the songs that we want to play. And so we were playing a bunch of, you know, bar favorites and hype, hype, good dancey songs. And then we were like, right, this is the point in the set that we choose what we want to play. And we've chosen this song. It's We've never played it live and we don't know how it's going to be. So... Let's just give it a good go. But uh, introducing for the first time, uh, maybe ever, at Kevin Club, Tool. Uh, and <laughs> what happened in the crowd when I said that, as the as the boys were working up on their sweet intro, you know, dong, um, pieces of bass and guitar. And it's, it's, it's a lot of intro on Sober before I have to say anything. I noticed that the front of the crowd very dramatically changed. So instead of these girls who are all kind of sweaty and screamy and dripping drinks on me as they throw their arms around and dance, um, they sort of got replaced by men with beards. Uh, and suddenly, I don't even know where they came from. <laughs> they were not there and then they were just there at the front uh, and they got very excited. <laughs> so I think we made their night. Um, yeah, that was really cool. It was a really cool gig. Uh, and and just really fun to do different songs than what we are going to have to do because we've already got a couple of wedding uh, gigs and Christmas function gigs and that kind of thing coming up. So they'll be very uh, boring, <laughs> normal, poppy, rocky songs. So it was nice to have some fun before we have to go into that, that samey, samey set um, season, basically. So, yeah. So, yeah, I think as you can tell... <laughs> by all of that conversation we've had a lot going on uh and then um Paul has these amazing friends who uh, I'm not used to having friends who just kind of come over and stay for like 12 hours as they party with you and drink and eat and play games and we were we were bringing out card games and board games and and then we switched to the switch and played Mario Kart and then we came back and played another board game I'm just not used to having such cool friends. Uh, mostly my friends will turn up kind of begrudgingly for an hour, stay to nod and have done the thing and then leave again. It's not all of them, but a lot of them. And it's not to say that they aren't friends. They are friends, but I don't really have very, very close, you know, friends. Um, my One of my best friends moved over to Australia and... Well, the other one doesn't really ever leave his house. So, you know, that's that's just kind of where I'm at on that. So, yeah. <laughs> and, oh, and one of my best friends lives in Seattle. Uh, so it's not really a thing. <laughs> hey, Joey. Wish we could hang out and play games all day, but it's not, it's not, it's not, it doesn't really work. Uh, our timing doesn't really work. So, you know, it's just one of those things. So I'm getting used to having this amazing bunch of friends who just kind of descend in the weekends, and it's kind of cool. Uh, a couple of them are leaving to go back to Canada, and that'll be really sad, and we'll miss them. But, you know, hopefully the gaming still continues and stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. 
So between friends descending, um, all of the things that I've had on and trying to get some sleep and trying to eat and trying to make sure I'm prepared for everything that's coming for the next week, you know, and just do things like clean the toilet and do laundry and vacuum the floor and make sure my cat has food in his bowl. Uh, yeah, it's about all I can manage right now. <laughs> I know that sounds terrible, but that's just where my life is at. So um, I'm really happy to be getting this out because I was really looking forward to, well, telling you all about all of the exciting things that are happening with me, um, encouraging you to go check out Fate of Eisen and tell me what you think because I, I think it's good. I'm laughing. I'm, I'm enjoying myself. So, you know, I'd love if you checked out the podcast. We're only like uh, three episodes released right now. I think the, the fourth one releases in a couple of days. So it's a good time to get on board a new actual play um, because we're going into a completely new story with no backstory required. So you can get on board now and not feel like you're behind on all the jokes, you know? Uh, yeah, so go watch that. I'll go listen to that and come tell me what you think. And um, yeah. And if you happen to be in Wellington and for some reason you're listening to this and somehow you've missed all of my rest of my marketing, come along to WellyCon and come say hi and tell me that you listen. That would be really awesome. I'd love to meet more people out there uh, that are listening to this sweet podcast and, and ask you why, I guess. <laughs> anyway, I'm really excited about this episode, mainly because um, our Tales of Equestria ponies story is, is on the wrap-up. Uh, we're, we're near the end and I, I am really excited about sharing the, the end of this tale with you. So without any further ado, I'm going to get on and let uh, these call-ins go uh, so you can hear from some amazing folks who have called in and left messages, uh, bless them and thank them for doing so. And then, yeah, and then I think I've got one more call-in which I've pulled out separately for reasons that will be very obvious soon. And then ponies and then you're out of here. So thank you for sticking with me while I rambled through everything that is happening with my life. If you have any questions about stuff that's going on or things that you'd like to know, it really helps me to figure out what to talk about in this part sometimes. Like genuinely today I had a list of things to tell you, but I didn't really know if any of it would be interesting. So let me know what you're interested in if you have any questions and then maybe my episodes will be less rambly and more direct. <laughs> All right, cool. Take it away, boys. I think it's Carl, Jason, and Joey. Yeah, probably them. And maybe the Pink Phantom. Yeah, probably them. Okay, bye. Hey, Jules, Jason here. Just want to say, totally understand the podcast. As <laughs> much as we love you, your real life comes first. I'm so sorry to hear about your grandfather. Prioritize, you know, the time with him. Um, do, do what you have to do with your family and your real life. We're going to be here. You know what I mean? Or, well, I can't speak for everybody. I will be here regardless. I'm not going anywhere. Um, I, I have the distinct pleasure of being in a bi-weekly game with you, so so I, I do get to see you. But, yeah, definitely take care of your stuff. We'll be around. You know, the podcast goes on the back burner for right now. That's okay. Uh, real life comes first, and, you know, I, I, I definitely understand that. So take care of yourself. Best wishes. And I'll talk to you soon. <laughs> this is the Pink Phantom. Uh, Jules, I know I only know you from your podcast, but just 
everything you've said and done on your podcast and the way you've always expressed yourself, that job, the fact that you have, you know, a customer service job and you're, you're working so hard to be good at it and you get frustrated at people that just kind of don't, that just seems so you. And I just, I really enjoyed that, that, that episode and, and hearing your passion for the work you're doing. That's fantastic. Hey, Jules, it's BJ. Uh, that's a really interesting new job you've got. I know my wife and I are pretty loyal uh, with the, uh, the, the the brand of car we, we, we brand of cars we buy and even the dealership we use because of their service department and are even willing to put up with, you know, last time we bought a car, not, not, not the world's greatest sales experience. You know, it ain't bad with the sales experience. It's just, you know, I don't like dealing with salesmen in general, but knowing that we we're going to get good after purchase service loyalty and, um, return service, you know, return customers. So that's great that you're doing that. So, um, congratulations on the new job. Sorry to hear about your grandfather. That, that's, that sucks. So, uh, I've been there myself in the past. So hang in there. Talk to you later. Bye. Hey Jules, your analysis of the all blacks was spot on. It was actually freaking awesome. Well, if your current job doesn't pan out, you should apply to be a sports correspondent on sky. Um, that was really good. Um, man, I wish I could record it and put it on my show. If we ever want to talk on sports, maybe we could talk rugby. I played for a long time in college. I really enjoy it. I wish we got Super League here in the U.S., but we can't. We can only get English Premier League and Five Nations, and I have to watch highlights of the stuff from the Southern Hemisphere. I don't know why. I think, I think the U.S., honestly, and you can put this in – large letters and big quotes the u.s is afraid to play and show good rugby because it would probably do better than football that's for sure yeah so i got that a little bit wrong that was jason from the nerds rpg variety cast pink phantom from phantom thoughts bj from a arcane alienist and Carl from the Geomologist Presents. So thanks, lads. Thanks for your thoughts and thanks for just being lovely to me. I really appreciate it. Uh, anyway, I've got one more call in that I kept separately for reasons. Hey, Jules. Jason here. Really enjoyed your lesson there. Had to order coffee. And now I just need to know the words for beer and bathroom. And I will be ready for my trip to New Zealand. I have saved that episode so I can study it on the plane trip over. Thank you very much. Keep up the great work. Okay, Jason, you're right. These are very important words. And I've put aside a little piece of this podcast to teach you how to say these very important things. So let's start with bathroom. Fuddy paku. Fuddy paku. It's literally like house of something or other. You know what? I'm not going to assume that I know what that means because when you break up words, sometimes it's kind of hilarious, but fuddy is usually like house. So <laughs> I'm just going to leave you to make your own assumptions on that. But Furipaku is how uh, how you say bathroom. And if you were going to ask someone where is the bathroom, you would say ke here te furipaku. Ke here te furipaku. Where is the bathroom? And someone would be able to tell you that. Um, and 
<laughs> Another very important word, Jason. You're right. I'm surprised I haven't taught you guys this one already. And it's also, luckily for you, a nice easy one to remember. So beer is actually peer. <laughs> it's very easy. You put a P on that, peer. Uh, it's actually spelled P-I-A, but it just kind of sounds the same as beer, uh, if you sort of think about it that way, but with a peer kind of uh, spin on it. So, kehia te peer, where is the beer? <laughs> That'd get you to the nearest pub, I guess. Um, either that or people would look at you kind of strangely, because not enough people in Aotearoa know how to speak uh, te reo Māori, so they might have to ask you what you're talking about, which would be kind of hilarious. But, yep, wharipaku and peer, and I feel like along with, uh, you know, cafe, uh, you already know everything you need to know about getting the right things in New Zealand. So thanks for asking the question, Jason. Really appreciate the appreciation for te reo Māori, and I really like learning more um, about it and trying to get my uh, lingo up to scratch. So it's it's cool that other people are encouraging me to go find out more words, and these ones, luckily, I already knew, um, but I did find out how to ask where is the specifically for you so I could have another sentence in my in my uh what do you call that lexicon or whatever yeah yeah sure all right I know what you're here for you're here for the ponies so let past Julia go and take it away because I've already recorded this and I'm very excited to share it with you let's go to ponies my little pony, my little pony, what is friendship all about? My little pony, my little pony, friendship is magic. Hey ponies, okay, so it's been a while, so let's reset the scene. We're in Van Hoover. and a big old red dragon has been terrorizing the city and you've found out that that is because it is missing its cinder stone. Well, you assume it's missing its cinder stone. You assumed it was missing its cinder stone, which has recently been proven correct. Based on the research that you did in the library on what has happened in the past. You've explored the dragon's lair as such and uh, various areas within the mountain. You have got yourself various little treasures from interacting with different rooms and you found yourself at a portal which opened after you convinced a kindling to jump in the obsidian cup and then ended up speaking to a guy who called himself the sultan so the sultan asks you to give him the goblet in return he would give you this big old ruby gem that he has put into his crown um, and you're left wondering well should we uh, last time you decided as a group to ask him why he wanted the goblet and he told you basically that goblets could be used to open portals to and from his realm and he would find that incredibly useful basically so now, the question is, do you give it to him or don't you? There's consequences either way. 
you know, four, obviously, uh, you stop the dram- dragon, presumably going on a rampage. Well, you hope that will stop the dragon from going on a rampage. Uh, against, obviously, we have no idea what the sultan's motives are and what he might do if he can open portals. But you know what, ponies, it's not up to me to decide. It's up to you. So what will you choose? Hey Jules, Pink Phantom here. I think we ponies are going to have to uh, give up the cup. I think we're going to have to do it. Uh, we're going to have to get what we need to keep the dragon from rampaging around town. And we may just have to deal with the consequences later. But you know, we're real capable ponies. And uh, I think we can handle it. So, and if all else fails, we can always appeal to the help of the Legendary Six. So I think I think we're going to give him the cup. Hey Jules, Jason here. So as far as the ponies go, I don't think we should give him the goblet. I think him having the ability to open portals is going to cause problems. It looks like they're stealing the dragon's horde potentially. Who knows what else they would, what other dangers would happen if they open up the portal and different places. So my vote is no. Do not give him the goblet. Yo, Jules, so, pony time. Let's get pony. I sort of forget what my original vote was a couple episodes back when the choice was either to give it to the fire elemental, not give it to the fire elemental, or ask him why. I remember my vote was not for ask him why, but that's what won. And so now we're back to give it to him or not give it to him. And I got to say, it's a tough call. And like I said, I forget what my original vote was. But thinking back, our original mission, why we're here, is to stop the dragon from rampaging through Equestria. Yes, I remember the name. I almost call it Ponytopia, but Equestria. And in order to do that, we need the gemstone. In order to get the gemstone, we got to give up the goblet. So I say we give up the goblet. I'm excited to see what happens. Can't wait to hear what everybody else has to say. I love ponies. Peace out. So you decide to exchange the goblet for the Cinderstone. Turn to section 54. You don't know what the Sultan's motives are. And right now, you don't really have a choice. You nod your head in agreement to the exchange. Good. Very good. The flames in the portal become larger and flicker wildly around the frame. Flash! As quickly as it opened, the portal closes. The obsidian goblet is nowhere to be seen and all of the kindlings appear to have vanished as well. You guess they must have gone through the portal before it closed? But something else came through as well. In front of you is a huge gem, sparkling and beautiful. Finally, you've got the cinder stone. To continue, turn to section 50. Oh, what will we find here? Oh my goodness. Okay, it's a long one. Now that you've got the cinder stone back, all you need to do is return it to the dragon. Great, that shouldn't be too hard. Just as you have that thought, you turn around and see it. In the main chamber, 
standing on top of its currently diminished horde is a very big, very angry red dragon. The dragon's mighty bellow almost bowls you over just from the pressure and you quickly realise how the situation must look. You're standing in the middle of a dragon's horde with his most prized possession, looking as if you're about to leave. It's not what it looks like. The feeble excuse doesn't have any effect. The dragon's jaws open. A burning fire builds in the back of his throat. A jet of superheated dragon fire launches towards you like a knight's lance. You duck and then dive to one side, taking cover behind a pillar of carved stone. The fire singes the end of your tail. You can hear the dragon's heavy breathing and the crunching of its claws as it begins to crawl over the mountain of treasure stored inside the horde chamber. You wince at the noise, your heart pounding. You need a way out. If you just drop the cinder stone, you might be able to make it to the exit of the horde chamber and then dash to the tunnel that leads out of the lair. That would be a problem, though. The dragon may not even realise that you left the cinder stone behind. And who knows how much damage it could cause if it chased you out of the lair. It's safer for the dragon to stay in here for now. You just need a way to explain what's happened. Your mind races. The dragon is getting closer. You can hear the sliding of metal over metal as the gold coins it steps on slide down to the bottom of the piles. You quickly move away from your cover, heading back into the centre of the room and you duck down beneath the plinth with cinderstone carved into it. An idea occurs to you. Perhaps if you place the cinderstone on the plinth and somehow bring the dragon's attention to it without exposing yourself, maybe it will calm down? So ever so slowly, you raise your hooves above you and paste the cinder stone on top of the plinth. Holding your breath, you wait to see if the dragon reacts, but luckily it seems to be looking forward to where the broken portal is. You let your breath out. Whew. Okay, now all you need to do is draw the attention of the dragon to the middle of the room without letting it know where you are. As you desperately search for a solution, the dragon begins moving again. Boom, boom, boom. Each footfall reverberates around the room, causing piles of treasure to shake. The gold coins slide over each other, revealing even more treasure underneath. Boom, boom, boom. Something catches your eye. A long black horn is just visible underneath a dislodged pile of gold. Boom, boom, boom. That's it. The sound is reverberating throughout the horde chamber. The amount of echoing makes it hard to tell where the sound is coming from originally. If you speak through the horn, the volume and the echo will confuse the dragon and it won't be able to tell where you are. Without a moment's hesitation, you put the plan into action. Taking a deep breath, once again, you make a dash for the horn where the dragon is looking the other way. Boom, boom, boom. The horn has a distinctive design, like those used in the northern mountains. You slide behind the pile of gold that the horn is buried under. You have to hope it's not blocked with treasure. Boom! Hey! You shout as loud as you can into the mouthpiece of the horn. The dragon immediately reacts, rearing its head up, but it doesn't know which way to look. The sound of your voice bounces off every solid surface in the room, echoing out of every nook and cranny. The dragon looks confused. 
It turns its head frantically trying to find the source of the noise. But you're well hidden behind the pile of gold. He's getting even angrier. But you don't waste another moment. The cinderstone! It's here! You yell with all of your might. It's right in this room! As the noise bounces around the room, the dragon finally looks directly into the center of the horde. There, on the plinth, is the cinderstone, just where you left it. The dragon hesitates. You watch from your hiding spot, your whole body tensed. The dragon rushes towards the cinderstone, beating its wings, sending treasure flying across the room. It's not roaring in anger anymore, but with joy instead. He puts his head right next to the giant gem, staring into it. Seemingly convinced, the dragon lets out another joyful roar and then promptly curls up tightly around the cinderstone. Like a great constricting serpent, the dragon's neck, body and tail become an impenetrable wall around his prized possession. You wait for some time. You still don't want to be seen if you can help it. Better that the dragon doesn't see you just in case he gets angry again. And after a while, you begin to hear long, slow breaths, which quickly turn into incredibly loud snoring. It seems to be safe now. As you pick yourself up and head for the tunnel to the outside, you think of Van Hoover and of home. It's been quite the adventure. You've learned a great deal and hopefully saved many ponies from the dragon's wrath. You feel a strange sensation, like a kind of fulfillment that you've never felt before. With a flash of brilliant light, a mark appears on your flank. Your cutie mark! So ponies, now's the time where you call in and tell me, what is it that your cutie mark is? What does your pony have on its flank? which represents a piece of the adventure and the journey that it has been on and now defines it going forward. I can't wait to find out what your cutie mark is. And once I do, there's even more story to tell you. So make sure you call in so that we can get right to the end of this adventure. Can't wait to hear from you soon. All right, everyone, that's a wrap on this episode. Let's get out of here. Uh, I just wanted to say a big old namahi or thank you for you all for listening today. If you're enjoying listening to Jules from NZ, tell somebody else to listen to it. (laughs) I'd appreciate that. You know who I appreciate the most? The most of anybody? It's my gems, the ones I could not do this without. So big, big thank you to James, Jason, Barry, Liren, Ezekiel, KP, Joey, Dusty, Carl, and BJ. I really love all of you. So thank you so much for sticking with me and this new job and my life craziness. Um, I hope that you're enjoying the wrap up on the end of Ponies here. And I hope that it's everything you want it to be. One more, one more, and then we're out. And then I guess I'm going to have to find something else for you guys to play because I've been enjoying this way too much to stop it too. So anyway, let's let's wrap this up. I want you guys to have a, have a nice day. Kia pai, tokotora, uh, have a nice day. So inohora, kakite ano, and aroha nui. Goodbye. I will see you again soon. And I love you so much.
Mwah! Goodbye! Goodbye!